everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to be finishing up this series that we've been doing, Connecting My Christian Cult with What's Happening in American Evangelical Christianity, this time asking the question, why? So I think I finally found a place that is good for sound in my new house. Unfortunately for me, it's also very cold. I am sitting out in our sunroom, which is kind of like a three seasons room right now, in my winter coat with a hot cup of coffee and a blanket over my lap. And currently it is full of our stuff. And so the sound deadening quality out here is fantastic. I'm surrounded by boxes, sitting on a couch that's going to go in the basement someday when it's finished. And I the sound is great. And so... I can see my breath in the air, which is a little uh, interesting, but the sound quality is top-notch. So here we go, out here in my sunroom. Guys, thanks for joining me for the last few weeks as we kind of just discuss what's going on in American evangelical Christianity. And as I've tied that back into just my own experiences in my Christian cult of IBLP with Bill Gothard, today we're going to tackle the question, why? As in, like, why is this happening Why does this continue to happen? Why are we doing this? What is going on in our hearts as people that makes us just come to the same place of this religious system over and over and over again? And also, we kind of touched a little bit on it last week about like, why do we fall for this? What's going on in our hearts to get us to this place and why we're falling for this? But really just saying even more than that, but who are we as humans that's making us kind of get to the same place over and over again? So I want to start with a story from Genesis chapter 11, and it's a pretty familiar story, short, and it's the Tower of Babel. And as I was researching for this podcast episode, I was looking into just some different Jewish rabbis' ideas. I love to look at rabbinical history and theory and ideas as I'm dealing with the Old Testament because this is their history, and I feel like they have a much better understanding of just traditions and thoughts and the way they've processed things for thousands of years compared to me, a white evangelical woman from the 21st century. So as I was looking into this, it was interesting because not everybody agreed on everything, obviously. And some of it was a bit of a stretch for me. And I was like, yeah, I don't know where they're getting that from. (laughs) But so many of them came to the same idea that people were trying to reach God by themselves. Some of them felt like God had been distant after the flood and the people were trying to get to heaven to like get to him and make him listen to them. Other people felt like God was just kind of up there in heaven and they were jealous that he was up there. They wanted to get up there with him and like show him that they're equal to him. Other people thought that this was just their way of kind of saying, hey, we don't need you kind of a thing. It's really interesting, but there was all this like tension between people and God and human effort was definitely involved. And they were trying to say, hey, we're amazing and we're going to stick together, and hopefully this flood thing never happens again because we're going to build this tower. Some people think they were trying to build this tower to give above the floodwaters kind of a thing, so just in case it happened again. But as I think about these humans in their humanity attempting to reach heaven, attempting to find a place of security and safety, and then God just coming down easily and confusing their languages so they no longer had the ability to do the things they wanted to do. I see us here in the 21st century 
I see people who are trying desperately to fix a broken world. And I think it's very interesting that all of us, regardless of our exact views or sides on whatever issue, all of us seem to understand that the world is broken right now and that they're trying to fix it. And we all agree on what is broken or how it needs to be fixed, but I really think that at the core of everything right now, people are trying to fix what they see as broken. Whether it's social justice or climate change or politics or religion, people are trying to fix broken world by ourselves. And unfortunately, it doesn't work (laughs) because we can never do it by ourselves. We aren't big enough, we aren't strong enough, and it's far too broken. Not to mention we ourselves are broken. So there's lots of issues that are going to thwart us in our plans. But guys, I really think that it's important to understand this about ourselves as humans. That at the core of our being, we understand this world is not what it's supposed to be. And at the core of our being, we long and desire for paradise. For a utopia. For a place where life works like we think it should. Where it's beautiful and we have peace and satisfaction, and fulfillment, and acceptance, and security, where we belong. And we feel that way because we were made for a place like that. When God created humanity, he put us in the Garden of Eden, and he walked with us, and he dwelt with us in this just very close relationship. And sin broke all of that. And as we look at our world right now, and we see this desperate attempt to fix things, And we see the fear that fills so many of us, no matter what side we're on, we're just afraid of different things, but we're all fearful. I think we just need to understand that there's a reason for all of this. The reason that we long for things to be fixed is because it is broken and that we desire this wholeness and unity and oneness again. And it really can only be found through Jesus Christ. But the problem is so much of Christianity has gotten just bogged down and tied up and twisted To the point where we can't even give a clear message of that to the world because we don't even necessarily believe it or understand it ourselves. And that's what I want to talk about today. Our hearts are longing for connection with God. And yet at the same time, we are such enemies of him that we push him away and we distort it and we try to do it all of ourselves. And nothing happens that's good from that. Just brokenness. And guys, as we look at the American evangelical church right now. And we just see the things that are being just lifted up and exalted and the fights that we're having over just silly things and the way people are being called heretics for trying to stand up and say, wait, does scripture actually teach that? It's because we're trying to do it by ourselves. It's because we are just so religious in our hearts. Like, this is who we are as humans. We are enemies of God and we are religious. We are prideful. And we don't want to admit that it could be wrong. And yet, when you look at Jesus and you look at the way he came and the way he lived here on earth, and he was so radical, you guys. I am still in the Gospel of Luke. I talked about this this morning in my newsletter that went out. And I am just blown away by the Gospel of Luke. I don't remember it ever being this radical before. (laughs) Obviously, it hasn't changed, so apparently my perspective has changed or something, but I feel like Jesus is just, he's just crazy. Like, he's always doing the things that are just going to upset the religious people. Whether he's healing somebody specifically on the Sabbath in a synagogue, like right in front of them, 
or whether he is allowing a prostitute to come in and cry over his feet and anoint him with oil at a Pharisee's house and then forgiving her of her sins, whether he's specifically naming his women disciples. Like he had women disciples, you guys. And even my study notes, my Bible said, rabbis did not normally have female disciples. But Ellie, they're, they're named. He names them. Jesus just continually goes against the religious expectations in the book of Luke. And I love that about him. Guys, Jesus is our only answer. We cannot manufacture utopia by ourselves. And when I look at the Christianese culture, especially the evangelical Christianese culture, guys, there is this desire to kind of circle the wagons and create this bubble world, this utopia where everything works the way we think it should work. And there's this desire to like kind of take over everything else and make it work the way we think it's supposed to work. And that's not who Jesus is. He didn't take over. He didn't force people to follow his rules or align with his thoughts or ideas. We can't create this culture within our culture where Jesus is king, quote unquote, where we all wear Christian t-shirts and listen to Christian music and go to Christian schools and just obsess over people who are Christians like us at church and everything else. Like that's never what it was supposed to be about. Jesus came into this world and he lived among us. Jesus even now lives in the tension and the mystery. He lives in the humble parts of real life. And guys, we're going to miss him if we're not watching. And people who are so caught up in their Christianese religious experience are going to miss him. How devastating to spend your entire life thinking that you're following God only to discover that you never knew him. Guys, that's not a far-fetched thing. Deconstruction has been a big issue this week. Apparently, the lead singer of the band Skillet at one of the Winter Jam concerts last weekend, I think, decided to stop singing and talk to the crowd and talk about how he's declaring a war on deconstruction. His idea of what deconstruction is is very narrow. Apparently, he thinks when you deconstruct, you deconvert or become a very progressive liberal Christian. He doesn't understand the idea that lots of people are deconstructing and not necessarily all ending up at that place, but he was quite intent upon this and quite upset about these celebrities who have publicly deconstructed their faith and then tried to drag a bunch of other people with them. And I get that. Like, I I get that frustration. I'm not saying that I don't understand that. But at the same time, guys, oh, evangelical church, I really and truly wish you could understand that people are deconstructing because there's things to deconstruct. (laughs) There's this extra stuff that has been held up as gospel truth when it's just human opinion. I think so many people, like they know what this pastor or that author says more than they know what the Bible itself says. We have just held on to these things, whether it's purity culture or gender roles or ideas of marriage, just stuck on this stuff. And we're not clear on the gospel. We're not clear on what God actually wants from us. We're not clear on what it is to be restored to a relationship with him. So people are deconstructing. Yeah. And many of them, if they've never actually met the real Jesus and they've only ever experienced this religious Christianese, are walking away. And guys, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Because what they've experienced is not worth staying with if they've never actually met Jesus. And I wish the church would be more understanding, but instead it feels like a lot of evangelicals are very intimidated by deconstruction. They're very afraid of it. It's threatening. 
But guys, if we really believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, wouldn't we welcome questions? Because wouldn't questions, genuine questions, point us to him? If he is the way and he's the truth, and we're truly seeking, won't we end up finding him? Kind of breaks my heart. Kind of a lot. So guys, I want to leave you with this thought today. I want you to remember that the world feels broken because it is broken. And unfortunately, we are not built to restore it until Jesus comes back and reigns, which I believe he's going to be doing probably soon. But until he comes, we can begin the restoration process in our own hearts by being in a relationship with God. That's what Eden was all about, you guys. The Garden of Eden was about that oneness with God, oneness that is possible right now between you and Jesus because of Jesus. Guys, Christians, we have the Holy Spirit. People who are really believers in Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, like literally a part of us. And we just don't tap into that. We, don't, we just don't believe it enough to experience it and to, to wonder and ponder and say, wait, if God is really here with me, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that even mean for me and for my life, for my own personal restoration? He wants to restore us. That's the whole goal of salvation. And it's never been about being good people who followed the rules. It has always been about that restoration process. He wants to fix our hearts. And then because our hearts are fixed and our hearts are becoming one with him, our our behaviors change. We begin to hate the things that he hates and love the things that he loves. But it's not about rules. It's not about behaviors. It's about our love for Jesus Christ and his love for us that compels him to tell us, walk away from that sin. I love you more than let you stay there. And I will give you the power to do it. Guys, we can't fix the world, but we can allow the restoration that has happened in our own hearts to overflow into our tiny piece of the world. And our home can be restored. And our relationships with others can be restored. And we can share the love and the light and the joy that we've experienced because of Jesus with those around us. Not a religion, not a set of rules or a set of thoughts or beliefs or a worldview, but a real person (laughs) that we know in a real kingdom where we live that's not of this world. I truly believe that's possible. But like I said before, it's not in the big and fancy things. It's going to be in the humble day-to-day stuff of everyday life. And it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be hard. And there's going to be days that we don't feel any of it's real. But every day, if we're looking, the Holy Spirit will remind us of his grace. There are glimpses of grace available every single day if our eyes are open to see them. Guys, it's my hope and prayer that God will begin to work in each of our hearts and that that true, genuine work of God is going to flow out. Not because we think we have to do something amazing or because we have to be somebody amazing or we have to follow the rules or memorize the scriptures or pray the right prayer or anything else, but because we are daily discovering what it is to know Christ and to walk with him and to be loved by him and to love him back. Keep deconstructing, you guys. Keep questioning. Keep wondering. Keep reading and searching the scriptures for yourselves. Keep looking into the context. Keep questioning teachers, even respected ones. Keep just digging into the historical author and the audience. And as you dig, 
Ask God to help you to accept the brokenness in this world for what it is and to be willing to live in the tension because that's exactly where Jesus lived, right in the middle of it all, in the humble obscurity of this very real and very broken world. We can do this, you guys. We can find him. We can. Thanks for listening. And as always, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.